One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, back in the rugby dungeon, and if only we could continue the conversation we were just having. We should do them. Sometimes. <laughs> do you know what, we'll do what that, the- we'll do a, page, a Patreon pod. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, we will do that. It just wouldn't be fair to continue that conversation here and now. It was a bit cruel. <laughs> anyway... And self-aggrandizing. How you doing, very, Phil? Very, hello, hello, Tim. <laughs> hello. Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Well, no, actually, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit ropey. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, more on that in a bit. Or just you know, when it's a sunny, lovely sunny afternoon, and just a few beers, and you can you go for a nap, and you wake up, you can either feel refreshed and bang uh, on that, or you feel really groggy. And mm. I'm, I'm the latter. Uh, JB, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. In your CrossFit gear, I see. I, I'm never out of it. I'm always I'm always CrossFitting. Pre-crossfitting or post-crossfitting, <laughs> so it's very hard to know when not not to wear it. <laughs> You're either in CrossFit gear or a jacket, sa- salmon chinos, and a jacket. <laughs> yeah. There's not much in between. The sad thing is, there's less and less salmon chino wearing mm. at the moment. Next week there'll be lots of salmon chino wearing. Next weekend, definitely. Oh, goodness me. All right, thank you very much for listening. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the European quarterfinals, some epic games. There's other stuff going on in the world of rugby that we'll want to get into, grassroots stuff too. Uh, and thank you for listening. And if you haven't already, please hit subscribe. We're hoping we earn that subscription today. For one, it just means this gets downloaded automatically to you every single episode, and it helps. Uh, so does leaving a five-star review, and so does going to patreon.com forward slash eggchasers, um, where we do give you extra content, and we will have to... Uh, yeah, we will have to do that, and, and again, maybe we'll do bring, it today. Maybe, yes. we'll do it yeah, today. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do, we'll do it definitely. Today. And, we'll, and talk, then, we'll, we'll talk about. I know what we're going to talk, talk about. <laughs> we'll talk about what we were talking about before. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, thank you very much for your support and for your ears. Uh, we are nearly completing our tenth season, or no, nearly completing our ninth season, nearly completing ten years of doing this yes. podcast every single Monday morning, and uh, it wouldn't happen. Well, actually, I was going to say it wouldn't happen if you weren't listening, but we'd probably still be jabbering away. Yeah, we would. Yeah. yeah. We'd have had fewer uh, amazing experiences, though, like when we've travelled around the world, um, meeting fans, which hopefully we'll do some more of this year. Correct. Well. Exactly, Phil. Correct. Um, I, I was with some guys meeting some fans on uh, Friday night. Were you? Although they weren't my fans, <laughs> not, not even slightly. Um, they were James Haskell's fans. Uh, oh, you were going to support some of the the, the lower tier podcasts. <laughs> I did, yeah. It's nice be. to go and support grassroots podcasting. podcasting. <laughs> um, yeah, to be fair, Sam, it was Bridgewater Hall, and they were they were bloody good. They were bloody good. So yeah, really, really 
good, well-organised night. Uh, and uh, got to say hello to the Hask and uh, his his Royal Highness, Mr. Oh. Lord or King Tyndall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's still playing? By the way, this is my, my favourite. He plays bit of- for. Um, hold on, I know this because he plays for that team that's in. Gloucestershire, near Stroud, near where my friend Min- Minching Hampton. Mm-hmm. So here's my favourite bit of information that I got from this whole uh, experience. I mean, there's, there's lots of stories which you tell, and you'll have to go to their show to listen to, to stories, so I shan't repeat shan't, shan't them. But you'd imagine, wouldn't you, that a man like Mr Tyndall has got a lot of opportunities laid out before him uh, with professional rugby clubs, um, ambassador roles, uh, uh, direct the ships, obviously the royalty stuff. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Why is he not doing something as an ambassador or something like that with with a rugby club? Because he still enjoys playing mm. on a Saturday. Good and lad. I have nothing. Level but ten. Level for. ten. I think he plays. Does not matter. No, no, no. I'm not knocking <laughs> it. I'm saying just how awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That he still plays. That is class. I, I, I do, lots. Of, the number of people at that level who now have played with and against a World Cup winner. Yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. Well, funnily enough, I was thinking. Well, next time we see uh, Westport St Helens and they play Morris Farsavalua, I just call up Tyndall. Because he, he, you know, he plays 12, he play, you know, the other guy plays 12. Uh, that, that is the natural matchup. You're not going to stick yourself at 12 next no, time? No, no. I, I, your I, man. I, yeah, get t- get Tyndall, your man. Yeah, I sized that up and the answer is no. <laughs> um, so, Tim, mm. this weekend, yeah. as well as obviously your. Um, Nap this afternoon. Yeah, you, which was post a uh, Rafi Quirks Broughton Park under 14s presentation afternoon. Mm. Where we got all the parents together for a little bit of a, a lark about the rugby. Then a, a presentations, a few beers. That's where the beers were. So and, and Rafi Quirk, good, good on him. Sent the uh, sent the boys a, a little video message as well. Oh, oh awesome. WhatsApp group, which is yeah, good lad. He's a good lad. So yeah, other than that, yeah. that ceremony, you had the best seats in the house oh to God. the most oh. exhilarating uh, spectacle of the whole weekend. So how was Ed Sheeran? Hey! <laughs> 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 Do you know, the, the, you're not lying, actually, and it was one of those times where, uh, I've said this a few times lately, where I, I pinch myself and I don't take it for granted how, how, how lucky I am to get to do some of the stuff I do and sitting on the halfway line um, front row seats for that in the Aviva Stadium was just out of this world and I'll tell you how good it was I was stood behind the the Munster players as the penalty shootout was happening and they were all linking arms and I just I t- took a photo and I got an email from um, Mike Haley Ooh. I got contacted by Mike Haley today. He, he, he said, "Oh, I really can I have that photo, mate? Can you send it to me?" Awesome. So that, that's where I was at. Where even Munster players, where they have professional photographers, he saw a picture and was like, "Oh, I really want that to remember." Amazing. That day. So yeah, it was it was unbelievable. And I've got to say, like, I I, I come back from Thoman Park raving about Munster and their fans, and I honestly thought they were going to lose a certain something by playing it in Dublin not not a chance it, the, it was incredible yeah the atmosphere on TV looked incredible so for you to actually be in the Aviva it, it must have been out of this world I've never I've never been in a stadium like it at club level anyway do you, you remember Phil the Millennium Stadium for mm. must have been like 2016 
yeah. 2017, it was uh, Wales v Ireland. Maybe it was like, the, yeah, 14 15, around that time. It was yeah. 14 15 or whatever it was, but it was uh, it was that goal line stand, 10 minutes, Wales camped on their own line, they managed to keep Ireland out, and the noise in the Millennium Stadium was just unbelievable. This is, this is it was like that. Yeah. It was that level, and but for 80 minutes. And uh, well, 80 minutes plus, plus the extra yeah, time, minutes. 100 minutes plus the penalty shootout. What, what do you think, before we get into any substance of the game, how do you feel about penalty shootouts? I thought they were amazing. I, I, thought, I think it's a spectacle. I, one, if if you can't decide yeah. after a hundred minutes of rugby, because it would have been decided on tries scored and things like that. Yeah, if, if, that, if you if you can't decide it in that hundred minutes, I think it's not uh, right to just keep playing because the injury risk and the quality will drop off. Yeah. And also the um, the format they have now. The only other time I've seen it is when Cardiff went up against oh, drop goals. Leicester. Leicester. No, it wasn't drop goals. Oh, it wasn't drop goals. It, it was, was place kicks. Was straight from the front yes, kicks. Yes, that's right. Straight from yeah. the front. So like, forwards shanking it. And, you know, there's something unfair about that. I think the new format of left, middle, right, and fur- coming further out yeah. further out is three perfect. Pl- three place kickers. Yeah. I think and you choose it. your three kickers. Yeah. And, you know, that was just uh, amazing. That was... I tell you what was amazing about it, was that you're watching these guys, and they are legitimately amazing rugby players. Mm. And you can see the pressure getting to them. And yeah. you don't realise. You don't realise that... Yeah, I, I think it paints them in a bit of a more human picture. I, God, I felt so sorry for... Ben um, Healy. Ben Healy. I was hoping... Yeah. I was hoping that Toulouse would win it. But I was hoping that Murray would miss his second. I think Murray's missing his second. Or Corby missing his second. Because the thought of Ben Healy missing two, I just thought, oh, he, he won't be able to live with himself after this. But at least if he missed, Murray had missed, Healy had missed, and Corby had missed. And like, yeah, OK, look, we weren't good enough. But for one guy to miss two is just heartbreaking. Yeah. And he did well, deserve that. Well, he did deserve it because he missed well, two, didn't he? Particularly because he'll have woken up today if he actually got any sleep, not just thinking about the two kicks in the, in the penalty shootout, which, like I say, wasn't all on his shoulders because no, Connor Murray missed and all the rest yeah. of it. And, but, he, and he actually stood, stood up and did it. But it's, uh, it was the drop goal. The drop goal. Oh, uh, that's the one that the haunted him. of the 100th minute and the, that was the last play of the uh, game. Because the, the one just before full time... The kick from fifty-six meters or whatever it was—that that, that was that was a shot. That, that was a, that was very tough. No one was expecting it. The drop goal—that's the one that will haunt him. Yeah, mm. yeah. It was a hell of a game, though. I mean, the uh, way the way Munster went about their business was brilliant. And as a guy who I do not know much about because I don't don't watch any URC, but I tell you what, I want to watch a lot more of him now. Is it O'Don- Jack O'Donoghue? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, God, I love how he plays. I know, just he's love awesome. the abrasion. Ab- yeah, abrasive. Awesome. A very, very tough player. He, he will definitely go on that the island tour to New Zealand, and he's played across summer. the back row as well, hasn't yeah. he? He's yeah, yeah. He's a six mainly, I think. Mm. I'm and sure they've, they've got seven they've as got, well. They've got Coombs as well, who's in their in their back row. They're missing Ty, Ty Burn. Yeah, they're missing um, the loose head, Clerty, and. Yes. Um, yeah. Kilcoin. So, so it was, that was a really relatively young and Conway amongst the team, and Andrew Conway. Yeah, missing quite. A few. I mean, Earls and Zebo were pretty handy, ex- very experienced wingers, but Conway's a superb winger. So missing lots of players. But it, it, the positive, if fans are going to take positives out of this game, it's the number of youngsters who came in and were exceptional. And the guys off the bench, five or six of the bench yeah. were twenty-three and under. Yeah. And they came in yeah. against, and the 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 Toulouse bench Ridiculous. is like rugby royalty, um, and the the Munster players arguably outperformed them. They they were amazing. Well, isn't this always the case? I mean, in my mind, it's always the case at least. 
clubs are always scratching around for the next superstar to turn them around. Not the Irish clubs, I, I will give them credit. But they're always a bit worried about, oh, you know, the depth's, de- depth's not enough. And usually it's because they just haven't given these lads a chance. Now, you look at the Munster back row um, this week, uh, the replacements, and a few weeks ago when they played... Exeter, uh, Exeter. Mm. and they're all young lads who are stepping forward and it's brilliant to see I mean that is the story of rugby and you can see can't you why the Munster fans would love this team so much because they can see themselves there they can see the guys they went to school with they can see the guys that come from their local area or one of the counties or whatever it is and just giving them a chance to go out and prove themselves is, it's, it's brilliant mm. yeah and uh, the one thing that you think of with Munster and they they absolutely brought it and the fans were, were getting so behind that defensive energy was oh. just massive it's absolutely out, it's massive ridiculous the the work rate in defence and the the number of turnovers and the commitment to the tackle and commitment to the rook to to force um, Toulouse into a very difficult position because this, this Toulouse team they are they're perhaps not playing the, the best rugby or the, no. the rugby that we played a couple of years ago but they have still got world class talent right across the park they've got outrageous talent and they were they really really had to work for the, the well, full 100 plus minutes I guess the big difference would be I mean if you look at uh, Marchant who is a great hooker a really great, great hooker, hooker. I think he was outplayed by his replacement Malvaca. I thought Malvaca was Malvac- brilliant Malvaca's amazing well, I mean, Malvaca the one that gave that, that offload they're two French hookers they're yeah. in, they're two international hookers yeah. Yeah, I think I'm right in saying that it's these two keeping Camille shut out the yeah, French yeah, team yeah. Yeah. and they just rotate them like like it's nothing uh, just a sheer and the other thing which shows exactly the resolve of Munster was the demolition in the scrum so the, the scrum is so important in my mind uh, well it's important that you at least get parity they were getting battered so to get battered, that is such a psychological blow to your forwards. Then they pick themselves up and they go and mm. defend some more. That's a hard, hard, well, they did, they did hard turn, job. They did turn that round within within the course of the game. Well, yeah, I'm not sure they ever really got it under control. To mm. be fair, it's, it's interesting because Larkham said on 20 minutes. Yeah, so. partway through the first half, he said we've got we're, um, the boys on the bench who are going to shore up the front row. Do you know what? It's exactly what you should say. It's exactly <laughs> but, what but you they, should say. But they did. Yeah. But they yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, they're just awesome. I think you're right. Toulouse are, uh, aren't what they were. And I think Leinster will handily dispatch them. I don't know. I don't know. It's not that they're... Not handily. I think they'll win. It's not that they're not what they were. They're just not quite clicking. And it could be the hangover playing a lot of rugby. A lot of these boys were in the... Ten, six, ten, ten Grand Slam winners. Yeah, in the Six Nations. Yeah, and were so important to that Six Nations team. And, and they're having to play big teams in the top 14 because, because they're it's not so as, competitive yes. you know we were talking about um, the premiership last week I'm sure we'll talk about the premiership more you know, I, I think we need to stop we, we need to stop this chat about the premiership being the most competitive league incorrect it's, it's, incorrect it's a cliche no. and it's rubbish no it's correct the top 14 is is the most competitive competition and you, and the no, fact that no. and the fact that Toulouse have to put out their first strength team last week against La Rochelle because they're in a dogfight in the to to reach the playoffs. It depends, it says right? So, um, I, I may have mentioned before, and this is again a little bit anecdotal, I guess. But um, we all know an individual who played in the French leagues and played you know for a long time in both Pro de Deux and uh, in uh, top fourteen, and his view was, don't come back to the Premiership because you get more time off 
because the big because of the bigger squads when you go and play you know, whoever else it is now but that, it that, is that, also that true doesn't yeah that point doesn't necessarily mean it's less more or less competitive it just means that a player will be playing it, more or less what it means i think is that yeah yeah that that sorry that is a, a, exactly right phil the premiership teams have to play their first teams more often and when you play your first teams more often, you get these just absolute brutal games week in, week out. France, you can have a team like Montpellier who play Andre Pollard in their second string. And that's, and that's crazy. But you know, it, it's still fairly, fairly frequent that, say, if you've got a player with, say, a dodgy knee or whatnot, he won't play away games. Or they'll well, save a lot of their first team. Yeah, uh, home just, in, well, just in terms of yeah. competitiveness, um, a measure of competitiveness would be how many teams are competing for the top spots and mathematically at the moment there are eight teams in the top 14 two games to go there are eight teams who could finish in top spot that's incredible well there's an, there's which the premiership so, so are, you willing, are you willing to like your point about it being um, you getting more time off and they're able to manage squad game time better no, and I, so the premiership approval but, but just on that point alone my point was we need to stop saying the Premiership. Like it's just we, it's said like robotically. The Premiership's the most competitive. It it's not. It is because Phil's just demonstrated no, how no, it depends eight, on eight, te- eight teams could still finish top. Look, as a player, as an individual player, there is no harder place to be than than the Premiership. Well, I'm, I'm not talking about an individual player. But I mean that would be my that would be that would be my measure. So if the individual player is under stress, it's because the whole squad is under stress because they're constantly being worked. With France, you do get a bit more uh, a bit more leeway, and I think that's my my, my measure of. The competitiveness of the league would be anyone being able to beat anyone. Well, and I, th- I think, and certainly the having it closer in the table towards the end would be a one way of well, well, in- instantly the, identifying the, that. The, the other way you could say it is that look at the amount of teams that have won the top fourteen. I think seven different teams in seven years. Mm. That'd be I mean, another measure of yeah that, yeah, that would be very competitive. But it still doesn't very take away from the fact that if you're in a Premiership team, it's brutal week in week out. And you don't get rests, and that is. I think that is just a different it's a point. Diff- it's a different point, which is correct. But it's not. I would say that is a measure of competitiveness. Okay. If you can't rest your best players, there's a reason for that. Yeah, but it's it's not translating to um, a more even table, therefore a more competitive table. And, and, and I guess table. my point was last week against well, la- last week against La Rochelle, Toulouse put out a very similar team to the one they played against Munster which Munster definitely didn't do Uh, and the reason reason is is because Toulouse are currently in 6th and they are only 5 points ahead of ninth. Just on who can win it and who can't I think that's a really good metric of a certain type of competitiveness I'll give you another one though At the start of this season we said certain teams would finish high Uh, and of those teams you've got Sale you've got Exeter and you've got Bristol all in a little cluster at the bottom half bottom half of the table. And, and London Irish. And, yeah. Um, which would you, you said would yeah. be top four? Well, um, you know, if they started Arundel every week, they probably <laughs> would be top four. <laughs> they would have won the league already. Exactly. Give, give them the trophy. So, you know, there, there was lots of ways to measure competitiveness, but, you know, in terms of... I imagine if you'd done the same thing, if you got the, all the pundits' predictions for the top 14, not many of them would have had uh, Montpellier, Bordeaux, Beglers and Cast as the top three. No, no. Ahead of Racing, Toulouse, La Rochelle, Toulon, Clermont. Don't get me wrong. 
Top 14 is a very, very, <laughs> very it, good league. It's the most competitive league. It's probably the one with the highest salaries. It, 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 it's all rest of it. Yeah. But it's it's like, there's a salary the cap. Yeah, it's definitely the I, one with was, the uh, highest. There's a salary cap and there's a, there's a player, um, nationality player quota. Yeah. So, so I was anyway. having this discussion with the boys from the Thistle podcast mm. because their view is, you know, look at the top of the uh, URC. UFC. Isn't, that, isn't that competitive? It's like, no, no, it's better like I don't think there's much of a doubt, much doubt is there that the top team in the UFC Leinster is probably better than the top team in well we know we've, we've just seen it we've just seen it that's not the same as having, know. A, having a competitive league yeah, that's, it's, that, it's a very different point yeah because the um, you know Leinster sent, you, you, imagine a premiership team doing back to back three away games with, you know, with a B team uh, no not going to happen but Leinster did it yeah they went to South Africa and, and, and did it yeah although they did lose actually both both games good but, but their, their third string put in a very good performance against multiple World Cup winners <laughs> in, in their backyard there are some crazy things going on in those uh, Celtic UR, and, and South African and Italian, and Italian. yeah URC teams yeah well, the, the, just back to my point that I made before because Leinster's another great example of it the future of Irish rugby looks very rosy with the, just the depth of talent that, that is coming through. And you, add, they won't play in this weekend, but add Ulster to that mix because they put in two, well, they won away in Toulouse and only very narrowly lost yeah. at home to Toulouse with, again, a very young squad, incredibly yeah. young backline. When, when uh, <laughs> Billy Burns at like 27 and John Cooney at uh, maybe 30 or 31. McCluskey like, at 29, but yeah. The, yeah, the, the old boys of the... Yeah. The back line, it's um, well, it's a good sign. Uh, yeah, is there any more tragic comparison um, than the games this week for the Welsh teams? So every single nationality, I think, across the Six Nations, except for the Italians, uh, were watching some of their teams compete in Europe. So whether it be Leinster, Munster, uh, you know, the English teams, the French teams, even the Scottish Glasgow teams Edinburgh. had a right ding dong against Wasps. And who did they? Glasgow, Glasgow lost Leon. Leon. Away, yeah, at, Leon. away at Leon, which is a tough place to go. Meanwhile, while Sale are hammering it out and the lights in Paris, a very sad um, spectre of Osprey's Dragons was happening in Wales. It's pathetic. Well, and and uh, Cardiff managed to um, put 42 points on Zebra at home. Yeah. Well done. Well, well done, done, Cardiff. Well done. So just with my England fan and my Premiership um, bread and butter hat on, I am. I'm much more down on it the, over the last few weeks. My mood because because we've seen these European teams, and, and when you look at it again, those French teams and yes, the Toulouse had some international superstars there. But actually, I think when you look at the top fourteen and when you look at the Irish provinces, what they have, regardless of salary cap, is they actually have teams which are. Benefiting the national the national team, and I and I look at Premiership sides, and I think partly because of the salary cap drop, which is already taken effect, or definitely if if it hasn't already, will be taken effect very soon. Actually, what you're getting is you're still getting quite a lot of mediocre, and like this this is by South African standards, a lot of mediocre South Africans, which Bath, is still extremely rude. high quality. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. In addition to the World Cup winners, yeah, yeah. you're getting a lot of mediocre South Africans. And we talk about the depth of talent and, and England's inside centre that we've talked about many, many times is one one example. You look through the Premiership, 
how many 12s are there but, that are English. Yeah, but the problem is with this... There's probably more, uh, there's probably more Irish 12s um, regularly playing within the four teams than there is across 13 yeah, I, in England. I think the way that the Irish teams are set up, you have the provinces perfectly structured feeding into the national team. Okay. I think you've got to look at it the other way around. So if you've got the Irish team at the top of the tree, everything feeds into that. I think you've got to look at it from the other way for England, which is the English team, the English national team, has to fit into what the Premiership club wants. Because at the moment, what we've got is this preposterous situation where lads who never get a sniff for England turn out to be Lions or 70-cap internationals for a Celtic nation. Why do France manage to get that balance right, as I see it? Because they, because they, they, they yeah. now have a system where it's a league very much like the Premiership, which, well, assuming the Premiership ever goes back to relegation, they have promotion relegation, they have uh, not state-sponsored rugby, and yet it seems to be feeding the national team. Well, for, I think for, for, the, for, for the first time in... Yeah. 15 Ever. years you've got to look at it over a long period of time to see whether to have this is that balance broadly speaking correct I, mean, it, I think does, you're right there's something to be learned from the French yeah the it French does look like, game definitely it does look like it right now because and I, I think it, I think it will continue because it's on solid foundations yeah but it's it's not always been like that for, I mean, for uh, yeah, they have a very similar situation to England huge amounts of talent I mean anyone says England has not got huge amounts of talent they really have yeah. but they just need the model at the t- they need to stop the fighting of uh, you know who has the supremacy here is it the clubs and do we build the clubs to feed England or does England you know give a proposition to the clubs to make sure but you're never going to like now so the, the time to do that to square that circle was the dawn of professionalism in the mid 90s yeah. now that we've had this structure um, embedded for 25 years it takes a monumental change, a monumental effort, and well, fifteen plus organisations all agreeing and aligning, and, and some giving stuff up in order to get it. Why? I just can't uh, see. I can't yeah. see. Well, it the RFU should give up the England team, uh, yeah, and then give it to the Premiership. Sorry, I didn't want to think. I didn't want to take it too far down. This. It. I think it's just. Uh, I've just been reflecting, watching those Irish provinces, watching mm. the French teams, three of which are in the in the European Cup semi-finals, Heineken Cup semi-finals. I just. Um, I think they have got it right, and you talk about the depth of talent and, and, and in England and stuff. It's I just I'll come back to that that inside centre position. You look at the Premiership. There's probably two or three English twelves. Good, good English sort of out Dan, of the thirteen Dan, teams. Dan Kelly, mm-hmm. um, Mark Atkinson's not really playing. Mark, Mark Atkinson's a good one. Mark Atkinson, yeah. who finally after ten years of playing at high level, Curtis Rona, Ian Witten. Um, Gopeth. Gopeth. Hmm. Uh, but it's like they tr- Rowan Van uh, Rowan Van Nancy Van Rensburg. I strongly, they, I strongly disagree with top down mandating. Yeah, we need to find some insight. They'll find Ooh. them when, when they're ready. No, no, I agree. They'll but but, but uh, France have got the seventy-five, yeah. uh, sorry, nineteen people in every match day squad. Maybe, have got to be French. Maybe the best which in, England do have the quotas, don't yeah. they? I mean, England may- do have um, yeah. both the um, English qualif AQP. Yeah. Credits, but also those coaches I mean, and players. In. Maybe the best guy who was likely to wear the England tw- tw- 12 shirt is now playing for Scotland in uh, Redpath, and he wanted to play for England. Mm. You know, and luckily, you've got Max Ajoma, who's going to be the saviour of the world. So you won't <laughs> need to worry too much. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to take us too far Nick, down that Nick road. Nick Tompkins plays 12 for Wales. Oh, I, I was raving about yeah, him for bloody. Could have had him. I mean, it's yeah. easy to say in, in hindsight, isn't it, when they're playing international rugby? You've Johnny Williams could have had him. Not many. Well, I'm, I'm not too worried about that one. Nick Tompkins, you can listen back to podcasts. I was, I was clamouring for him. 
well before he was a Wales mm. international. Yeah, I think the fact that he went to... Chris Harris, I didn't see being as good as he was. No, I didn't either. I think no one did. I, mean, <laughs> um, I think Nick Tompkins' escapades at Dragons and in a Welsh shirt, to be fair, suggest that he's a far better Saracen than he is either a Welsh player or Dragons player. Oh, he's very handy for Wales. I, 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 he, he, there's something about him. He's, he's very unusual in his um, ability to beat defenders and break the line in a 12 shirt. Yeah, I think I like he's him. exceptional for Saracens. For Saracens. Yeah. Everyone's exceptional for Saracens. That's though. true. They just know how to get get the best out of people. Even, even um, what's his name? Sanderson. Alex Sanderson, they got the best out of him as yeah, a Yeah, which is incredible, coach, Which is remarkable. Yeah, it's a... That's impressive. <laughs> so, a heartbroken for Munster and friend of the pods, Graham Roundtree. Yes, yeah. but they, they will take they'll take a lot out of this game. Oh, that, that young squad to push the champions and the team of that quality so close. Yeah, but it's still heartbreaking. And, and so there will be a game in Dublin again. It will be Leinster hosting Toulouse. Uh, five stars on their badge against the team that are looking most likely to get the fifth star on their jersey. Leinster are I mean I, I didn't see the first half until afterwards that's the one thing I was yeah. I, I was talking last week oh I'm in Dublin I'll get to watch it but actually I missed most of the first half of Leinster well, do you want to do Leinster or do you want to do Sale first let's, let's touch on Leinster yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I've got a really really brief summary of why Leinster are good but don't make mistakes and I think the t- I think Tigers came with a really good game plan a really well thought out strategy and they played well. I think they play. I think Tigers played as well as could be reasonably expected. Harry oh. Potter had a poor game. Tigers, Tigers turned over too much ball, particularly in that first half. Yeah, they had they had so few opportunities where they strung phases together. Part of that was because Lancaster were excellent, but part of it was just losing ball in contact, turning over at the rook, losing losing lineup ball, missing missing, which is unheard of. Yeah, unheard the, of. Their the lineup's been so good, but, but then that second half, right? So I was looking at the coaches in the change room, and Stuart Lancaster's there chatting away, and then in the other room you've got Borthwick talking to his forwards. I'm like, which of these boys would I put my money on to turn this around right now? And I'm thinking Borthwick all all day long, and I think. You know, they the reason that they lost is not because of the tactics they employed. It's because every time they uh, uh, tried to put pressure on Leicester, uh, Leinster, they did not make a mistake. Very rarely did they make a mistake. Mm. They, they got driven over on lineups twice, I think, twice, certainly once. Uh, but the ultimate tactic was to put up high balls and pressure them that way. And uh, you know, they're just so yeah, assured. Yes, that that was. Ford did it quite a few times in the first half and Keenan and James Lowe there was, there was one in particular fairly early on where Ford put up one of his spiral bombs and James Lowe hit it at full pace he was yeah. running at full pace with a spiral bomb which can move like 10 yards in either direction and he just nailed it just looks so solid right that that tactic's not going to work then nope. and the other tactic that they seemed to employ was they, they targeted Genj and um, Visa both did it early on running at Sexton and Visa actually hurt his shoulder um, in about the sixth minute targeting Sexton after the whistle had gone now, I don't think Visa actually knew the whistle had gone I'll give him a little bit of credit mm-hmm. although it, it wouldn't be entirely out of character <laughs> yeah. to, to go after the but um, Sexton was both 
find himself in contact, but was also marshaled really well by his back row. I, they, yeah. they covered him. I also and think Henshaw as well on the inside, who's basically like a back row in defence. I also think one of the key characteristics to a world class fly half, and once they are world class fly half, they've already developed this characteristic, so we don't give them any credit. Is that they're absolutely nails? So George Ford is nails. It doesn't. You might not think he's nails, but he's absolutely nails. Yeah, he, he Finn Russell see- today was nails. Finn Russell is nails. Um, Dan Bigger is nails. Faz, uh, nails. Faz is uh, not not the same league. Um, <laughs> Finn Russell's the one that Finn Russell's the one that surprises me that he's nails because he just doesn't look. But that's, he's that's, so good. That's how they got nails. there, mate. He and just doesn't look like an athlete. But he's so strong. Yeah, he is. They're, they're like and members got... of um, Jackass back in the day. Like <laughs> they, they should be breaking, but they're not. They, they relish it. So yeah, that that was a, a clear tactic early on, um, but it was no good. That, that those those were those two tactics. I. I um, High balls and kicking and target Sexton seemed to yeah. be a lot of Leicester's tactics in the first well, half. I, I don't know if that was a tactic for Leinster. I think that's just how Leicester play. Like it was an amazing stat that I had to go. I had to check and go. Is that right? When we got our sort of the stat packs and stuff came mm. through, and um, George Ford kicks the ball more than he passes. Yeah, Probably. it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't surprise well, me that, you actually. Know, that's one of those things which might not be as surprising as you think. Because what? when you look at Leicester lining up, in defence in particular, George Ford will sit in a 13-2 formation with um, with with Stewart. So Stewart and Ford will, will, will cover the backfield. So quite quite often he's receiving a ball just to kick it. So it, it doesn't tell the story of receiving from the nine. It's oh, probably no, receiving uh, from the less, kicks. less to kick more than any other team as well. Yeah, which I'm not knocking it because it's yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't surprise and me. It, and if you had Stewart as, as a fullback, you'd back yourself to kind of win the, a, a rugby tennis game. And I think they were trying to draw Leinster into it. Yeah, it's just that well, Leinster is so good. They basically, in my mind, it's all about momentum. Uh, and we'll talk about Sale later because I think the same thing happened. Tigers will come away from that thinking they could have won it, and I think they could have won it. That, that Nadolo try goes over, and it's a different game. But because they failed to get over to get over the line, and even the Nadolo substitute uh, substitution was perfect. I thought they was something that, right it, now in that position to change the strategy, change the focal point as well. Because yeah. at that at that point they were they were twenty nil down. Yes. Um, Do you uh, think there was an element that the twenty nil down just kind of gave Leinster that? That ability to kind of no, not take their foot off the gas, but they had other gears that they could have, could and would have, and in future weeks will shift through. Well, they, they didn't need to put yeah. any do anything risky. Yeah. They could they could control the tempo of the game and force Leicester to to play but risky. I would argue that they didn't. I think the bigger mistake. So I think Leicester played pretty much a perfect game tactically, and the ball was in play. I think the bigger mistake was turning down kicks for goal. So if you think about the way that. Leinster built their score in the first half it was try, kick, try, kick Yeah. when they were 20 points to 7 down they had an easy gimme of a, of a kick in front of the post and they, they yeah. went to the corner but they ended up scoring a try from that I can't remember to be honest it all merged into one yeah but they, they, they had a couple of kicks in the first half that they turned down yeah, um, yeah. one from a penalty early on which was not not a gimme by any stretch but they went for the corner got nothing out of it turned, turned the ball over like two phases later um, and there's another one as well. I mean, just stay in the fight. That's what I would say. If you're against mm. Leinster, stay in the fight. And they semi did that. But but if you look at the look at the Toulouse game as well, Toulouse turned down kickable points. Um, 
particularly early on and they went for the corner and backed themselves and they backed them, They almost fell into the same trap that Exeter fell into against mm. Munster because Munster are such a They're, difficult team to oh, break down. Oh, by the way, we talked about Ben Healy. Carberry missed two very, very kickable kicks. Yeah. Well, yeah, still at Munster's mall defence. I'm not saying it's unique, but it's certainly very good. And they almost set up around a mall like it's a scrub. I don't know if you've noticed this. Well, and they compete. They managed to do that uh, whilst competing. A lot of teams don't compete when they're going for a big drive, but they managed to compete and, yeah. stop, and, and stop the drive. Just watch Just watch how they do it next time. It's like, they formed like... A, uh, yeah, just watch it. It's It looks different. Mm. Uh, yeah, but I, th- I think there was. It wasn't a chasm, but there was, a, there was an absolutely a significant golfing class, which Leicester can bridge over time Leicester with, played, with I think Leicester played the second half yeah. pretty much the perfect game and it still wasn't enough Sec- second half they did they yeah. did Although yeah, they, they were the better team in the second half albeit Harry Potter will be kicking himself he's had such a good season and he must have thrown thrown three four balls on the floor and charged down kick that almost led to a try yeah I just felt sorry for him I felt very very sorry for him because he's been so good but yeah we all have bad games occasionally and this will be one which he'll be uh, yeah which he will remember it's Leicester I mentioned the point about um, Munster and the young squad learning from this Leicester I think there's similar positives but not to the same degree because there are there are young guys and inexperienced guys in that. Um, Leicester team who will learn a lot from this. The problem <laughs> is the the two of the main focal points, or the two biggest focal points, the two leaders on the pitch, Genge and Ford, aren't going to be around. I think there's a bigger problem than, than that. Actually, the problem is that you know Leicester put out his team and it's full of good young talent. So you know, you think of Chesham, you think of George Martin, uh, Wickham. Yeah. I, I didn't realise um, Ollie Chesham's um, journey. By the way, he got let go by Leicester. Did he? And, and, and he, until it was, last, it was only about nineteen or twenty. Yeah, I know. Now, isn't La- last season he came back to Leicester, but he spent two years at Nottingham. Do you think there was another? A spell mm. Another. If you want to talk about um, again, just to keep banging that drum about how you want to really make English rugby competitive. There you go. You've got an amazing product in the Championship, developing so many players. Ollie Chesham. If you give up on the Championship, Ollie Chesham's won't happen. Just, uh, just on Ollie Chesham. Was there some sort of spelling mistake or there was some administrative error? Yeah. And then one day they called him and were like, you've got rid of who? Yeah. What? Yeah. Where is he? Yeah. The man, he's six foot eight. He's nearly 20 stone. Oh, we thought you meant the other Ollie Chasm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rafael as well. He's, a, he's got massive this year, hasn't he? Yeah. His shoulders I, have got big. I thought, he, I thought he was Leicester's best player in the first half, mm. which is actually not that difficult because they didn't play particularly well yeah. but he was just everywhere and working so hard he's, he's, he's Welsh qualified isn't he so the, the reasons he will is. be eyeing him up I'm pretty sure he is yeah I'm sure he's he is, he's, 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 probably, yeah. he's definitely Welsh or Welsh yeah. qualified sorry, so, sorry back to the problem that Leicester have because I didn't actually finish that point the problem Leicester have is all these young lads are playing right Stewart will be one Kelly's another one Potter um, you you know the rest of the names, right? Yeah. Van, Van Portfleet, got loads of them. They're all going to need new contracts. So if you are Leinster or Munster, you're like, well, the future's bright. We'll just write them a cheque for whatever they want. But yeah. That's not quite how it goes, I know. It, yeah, but, but it's, it's, if they want to play for Ireland, they can't go anywhere else. Yeah. Whereas, they're locked in. You know, Newcastle might have a bit of spare cash and might need a second row, and they're going to come after Chesham or Martin or somebody, you know, yep. or whoever's got that spare cash, because that's how salary caps work. So how yeah. on earth... You know, I don't... It's almost not worth investing in your... 
academy because you'll get them for a couple of years. You'll get a couple of dis- <laughs> a couple of years discount once to get them good, and then when they get really good, they're going to have to get snapped up. It's going to be really interesting to see how you work the economics on this. Or you, you, have or to, you, you want have them, you want them really good but spaced out enough so that one can naturally come to the end of a cycle, <laughs> like Ben Young's probably. Like Ben Young's, I mean, some people would argue that time is now in the way that Faf de Klerk and Rafi Quirk yeah. are. But yeah, there's a perfect example: Faf de Klerk, Rafi Quirk. You need two guys a year coming in f- th- from your academy, and the rest have got to go, and you've got to decide which two you want. But uh, yeah, two, you always need them two in every position. Every, yeah. yeah. Or one per year in every position. Natural. Because well, yeah. the, the attrition. And, and a good example is, is Saracens that got like amazing number of second rows. As a result, they go, well, Joel Kapoka. It's like, well, actually. Uh, good to Leon. The really good second rows we've got are kind of a, a quite young. So we've got Ezekwe and Atoji. So we, we, can't, we can't have you as well. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, he'll be picking up big money now. Mm. Big, big money. Good for him. Good for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Get, get that cash. Get all that French cash. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. So in this game, I'm glad Leicester made it a better fight and more respectable because at, at 20 nil, yeah. it was just a bit... Looking ominous. A bit sad. And you, that Leicester team would get... If it finished 20 nil, or if they, Leicester just kept on that trajectory and it finished from like 40 nil or 40 points to five... The Leicester boys are taking nothing out of that. No. The way that it finished and the, the two tries that they scored and the, the Ashton try I loved. I know I know um Ashton and Ford who put the amazing pass in, they're not young <laughs> Leicester lads, but um for them to score those two tries, I think the team will get a lot out of it. Yeah, they, I, they played some really good rugby in the second half, just not quite enough, and they, they left themselves too big a gap. Like I said about Ashton last week, I mean I don't know what goes on there. I don't know how he sort of it's, it's it's sublime to the ridiculous, you know. He's at Quinns, he's at Worcester. Didn't go down too well at Sale, you know. Ridiculous. But I think all he does really, I don't know if I made this comparison last week, but he's like alcohol. He just either increases or decreases the mood that you're already in, and he does that for environments. So if you've got a good environment, he will flourish. It'll, yeah. If there's any chinks in your environment, uh, yeah, he will exacerbate them and ask questions and needle and poke. Well, maybe that's why Borthwick brought him in. It's like, I think we've got a good thing going here. I need to stress the test. test it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the litmus test. <laughs> Seems all right. But he, he scored again. He's the top try scorer in Europe, top try scorer in the Premiership, set a record in the top 14 yeah. uh, in his he, season. Think, is he not equal top try scorer in Europe with James Lowe, who... Oh, sorry, I mean overall. Oh, overall, I mean, ever. I was yeah, just saying, James yeah. top try scorer no, this year. But I which, mean, and that, all time. Ma- that matchup was a particularly fun one because of what Ashton said about James Lowe. I don't know whether it was mentioned in the build-up no. or whatever. No, or so if I it was, I missed it. Ashton, uh, in his early days at Leinster, Ashton said, oh, he's, he's not an international winger. I don't know what they're doing. He's, uh, he's not good. He's, he made Ashton some, said that. Ashton said, said some quite disparaging things, and then that was brought up a lot. And over in Ireland, that was a lot filled a lot of the newspapers... That is, it's interesting because Ashton, I know he's a Wigan Paita, but he takes his conditioning very seriously. Oh. He's, oh, that's what you said about James Lowe. That yeah, he's, he's, too, Lowe's, he's too big. He's Lowe's conditioning. He, I have no idea how hard he trains or anything like that, but he doesn't look like the most conditioned winger, but he's a hell of a player. The reports out of sale were, he, were that he was the fastest guy still, him and Aaron Reid. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And you watch him play now. You, you, it is like watching a twenty-eight-year-old play. He's still, he's still lightning. He's, absolutely he's always lightning. been lightning. I he, he, doesn't, he doesn't look it. No, and I've always suggested it's, he doesn't look fast because he knows where to be, and therefore he doesn't need to run very fast. Yeah, he just he, he, in tries. But he has yes. that ability 
and he is also absolutely lightning. Yeah. I, I was because I didn't think he was that fast. This is going back years and years and years, back like twenty twelve or thirteen, and I for some reason had it in my head that he wasn't that fast. And then the England Australia game where he scored from hundred oh, meters yeah. and just he's already run sixty meters and then just ghosts Goes. round um, Drew Mitchell, who was fairly handy as a back well, three player. Think about his last hand, handful of tries over the last few weeks. Got that wonderful chip and chase. I think Maroney kicked the ball, but Ashton goes on the outside of someone and scores. Or did Ashton kick it? I can't remember. But I love the, the try scored against Leinster. The it, the way they cut in and then they both faded out together is absolutely beautiful. So you know he can see the that you know, line oh. and hitting that line and recognizing that Ford will recognize that space. There's, there's actually few players, few wings in the world that would run that line. Yeah. Well, it's kind of that's not a normal line. You people like to do the opposite, don't they? Which is kind of run out to in. So you're attacking the shoulder. Well, of, that's right. easier because you can you're, you're you can see the ball. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can see the ball into your hands a lot, and you yeah. should be attacking a defender who's looking towards the looking ball, out. Yeah. Which is a you know, it's, it's a great yeah, line to run. You cut against the green. But he did the, the exact opposite, the opposite, and created the space by doing so. But also, you need a class player like Ford. Who just to, to always the pass. Just puts the if he could just have kept his mouth shut at sale, he'd be playing with Ford <laughs> next year. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he can work his way back. I, I think you're right. Le- Leicester will take a lot from that because if that team that started for Leinster were were starting against New Zealand this summer, you you kind of wouldn't be overly surprised. Nope. Yeah, there's not. There's not. You you go. Okay, that looks like an island test. Yeah, basically. Jack Donahue, get Jack, Jack Donahue in. Yeah, maybe one or two boys, but not, I, I, not I many. Chris get, as well. get Balakun in. Oh, Chris Farrell. Oh, Chris Farrell. Chris Farrell's good. Beast. But you, can, but you can't, monster. You, you can't really get rid of Ring Rose. Yeah, yeah, you can get Chris Farrell in. Mm, well, maybe. Um, I'll tell you who. So, I'll make a brief point on him, and then I'll ask you a question. Who I love, and I, I thought he was. Play of the tournament in the Six Nations, probably uh, ignoring the French squad. Josh van der Fleer, um, mm. so amazing Six Nations. I think he's in the form of his life. I think he had a very, very good game. His try. Question is, did you did you see the setup for his try? Did you read it, or did you get sucked in in oh, the same off way the that line out. it was the dummy drive off the line out and Leicester bought it hook line and sinker? Yeah. Everyone bites in, yeah, and he just glides round and he's got well, a one-on-one with uh, Potter. Potter. Yeah. Uh, so, saying like, oh, Potter's you not know, used, uh, used to defending that position. It's like, no one's used to defending that position. I mean, you know, there are 12s that obviously play 12 all the time, but that's not the reason that Van der Fleer went in. Van der Fleer went in because he's a monster of a carrier. And it's a good move, isn't it? Because It's a great move. You've got to ask yourself, the opportunity cost of not challenging the drive on the off chance that Van der Fleer is coming around the corner it's just not worth doing it was a gr- not worth doing I thought I, I know very little about line-up moves and drive catch and drive it looked like a really really well set up move for a try mm. that, that Leicester rightly bought but to create that space was awesome yeah I mean just think of the pressures the, psych- the psychology there um you've you got to leave one worth a guard on each side from your forward pack to counteract it and you're then you're putting six that. against eight on your on your drive all you're thinking is you're in the corner of your own stadium your fans are going mental and right now you need to be as physically dominant as you possibly can and you're just focusing on when that man hits the ground and burying that mall that's all you're thinking of mm. so uh, yeah it does throw a, spit, a bit of a spanner in the works which is why you do get so many trick plays off line outs particularly close in mm. yeah that was a lovely one I thought it was really good 
Uh, Sam Clark's emailed us. Contacteggchasers at gmail.com is how you can get in touch. Yeah. Some more cracking correspondence again. Uh, he says, love the pod, blah, blah, blah. Uh, just watching the Le- Leinster v Leicester game, wondering why when, why when the game's already won... The teams that bother tackling, hitting rocks and risking injury when there's a semi-final only days away. Let Leicester score. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, you've, you've made this point previously, JB. Specifically last year about Courtney Laws when he went back playing before a, Lion, a potential Lions tour. Yeah. Um, with nothing at stake at that point in the, in the league. Yeah, I couldn't but, believe it. I could not believe it. He's the captain of his club, and these are professional athletes, so that's it. That's, that's what they do. Yeah, so, Sam, I totally understand your point. That's just not how these guys are wired, is it? Yeah. yeah. But, professional athlete, that's, right? but that's the reason why they're professional athletes. That's the athletes. reason why they're professional athletes. But as a professional athlete, he's not just professional for his club, but also for England, and it's his job. So I think he should get his contract written so he gets he does get time off from England, but he should he get does. additional time off. If, if, it's a, if it's a nothing game. Yeah, like a salary sacrifice type thing. Like, here, have my salary back and go and get someone from Nottingham to play this game. <laughs> I'm kind of... So, Courtney Laws is a one-club man. He's my favourite player. His contract is up after the World Cup with Northampton. Mm. And he's he'll have that quandary. I really, really want to see him at Toulouse or somewhere like that. I really want to see Courtney. How old will he be? 30, he's 33, 33 now. now. So it'll be... 34. 34 next season. So he can do like... Three a, three European Cups with Toulouse? Yeah, so. but he could basically do the Jerome Kano rule. Yeah. Yeah, he could actually. Which would be a, a perfect one for him. Yeah. That, I, I... I think... I wouldn't like to see him go, obviously, before the next World Cup, and he won't because of his contract. I think he should do. Go and make some big cash in go France. Go and make some cash. And or even big cash in Japan. And you and can play copies. can play for 10 years in Japan. Yeah. First copy is uh, cash. I don't see Courtney Laws wide like that. I think I think he'll be Racing to lose. It'll yeah, be, be he, one of them. He, I think he, I think he will. And he'll put himself through the meat grinder in the top fourteen. Yeah, I I think he will as well. But if someone in Japan offers him more cash, yeah, he's got a family to think about. Exactly. Why not? Yeah. Uh, and the other one that uh, Sam Clark on email said. Also, after watching the shootout in the other game, would like to hear your thoughts on quote unquote respect the kicker. Now. I didn't notice what came through on the telly. Maybe I was just so whipped up by the emotion of it. But all I remember is everyone just kind of going. Kind of going all I, the main <laughs> overwhelming noise I heard. Shh. Yeah, which, which in itself yeah. is a frightening noise. Uh, if I was, if I had any control over the crowd whatsoever, and as a monster kicker, so I guess if they asked, the crowd might you know respect their wishes. Can you just, can you just give me general background trash like you're not watching? <laughs> like just just talk among yourselves. I'll be here. Not shh. Sight. And, and then and then when it because I don't know did you uh, it, it, obviously, it obviously came across to some like there were some people heckling and stuff yeah good I mean that's the whole point of home advantage isn't it that's the point yeah it didn't I didn't really know it didn't stand out to me it wasn't like yeah uh, I heard playing, it, it wasn't like they were playing in Argentina and they had laser pens sh- shining the, yeah, their yeah, eyes that's the point isn't it that's the whole point and the the obviously the um, French team there was playing in Ireland any teams playing in France, like Sale, the TV replays go missing. If any, oh. if any French player does anything that could even possibly be illegal or they could get penalised for, there are no TV replays at any point until the game's finished. Yeah. Which is just one of those known things in France. It is, it is. Uh, which is ludicrous. Some refereeing decisions as well, which were, you know, I think controversial. I have no problem with any of them, really. I mean, I like... If we've this, got to, this in the uh, wrestling well, yeah, well, game. Let's, let's, yeah. jump, let's jump yeah. to the disco dope. Mother's Day is around the corner. 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, so there's a few angles on this. Uh, Let's start with the build-up, right? So... Alex Anderson was on the Rook this week, and uh, you know some of the stuff which was been said on, on the Rook. It just blows my mind, and I think I'm we, at the point we, now, we sorry, are spending we're spending a lot of time on grassroots this? podcasting in this. Huh? <laughs> yes, we all yeah. spend a lot. Of, it's good to support the little yeah, guys. It is, it is, and they need all the help that they can get. So, go on, tell me because I've not I've not listened to it. So I've only ever listened I, to one episode of the Rook. I don't even know what it is. What it is? What is it? <laughs> it it's, look, look, it, it's a bunch of guys. Um, they're very well-meaning, and they, they they put a lot of work into it. So okay, you know, yeah. Look, I, yeah. I, I, I give it some time. Um, now I was listening to, to the Sanderson interview, right? And uh, I've now come to the conclusion that he's half genius, half insane, and I don't know which parts are which anymore. I'm just I'm confused by by the whole thing. So in the build-up, um, apparently he bought a laser. Um, some lasers and some smoke machines down to the room in Carring- down to a meeting room in Carrington. Now, if you think you can recreate the Disco Dome in Paris in a meeting room in Carrington <laughs> on Wednesday afternoon, I just don't know if it's I don't know if it's comparable. Maybe maybe that's me. But I mean, if you can do that there, maybe I could do it down here. I mean, I don't know. So that that would be like the first thing. So I, I've I've heard those sales boys sales boys have had lots of um, experience of similar scenarios in the halls of residence. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so that was the first one. I was like, bloody hell, really? They better be winning all the lineouts. The second one, which, again, blew my mind, is like, yeah, we've got a neuropsychologist. I've heard about this neuropsychologist uh, before. And we're going to go to the the ground. We're going to acclimatise because there's a big screen there. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. It's a, it's a screen. I mean, what, what do you want to know about the screen? It's a, it's a screen. You can look at it on Saturday, and then you're going to play. You know, take what? a trip to the cinema. What's wrong with you? Like so, and I was just thinking, like, this is what you do with puppies, isn't it? So you get a brand new puppy and you put it in a cage and you leave it in your kitchen for two hours to acclimatise. But they're not puppies. They're like high level <laughs> testosterone fueled athletes. Wanting to, I, I want him to be saying things like, uh, "We don't care about their screen. We don't care about their stupid blue shirts. We don't care about their big wages. We're going to go there. And we're going to batter them. Yeah, we're going to manhandle them." Yeah. Oh, now I love the. Now I just love the idea that. Sale might have done a fitness session doing hill sprints up from the front of the, of, of the <laughs> yeah. cinema to the back. Yeah, just while I, someone's filming it and projecting <laughs> it onto the big screen. You know, it's like the li- it's, it's like the mind gym. It, 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 that's a library. That's a library, right? <laughs> so you've got all of this insanity go, go, going on. 
at sale now. Um, is that um, what's, what's the it's the what's the incremental marginal gain? It's those all the one percent, isn't it? Well, I've got a theory on why this happens, and maybe I'll share that with you later. But um, yeah, and, and the last one is you know we've got to be in the right emotional space. And I spoke about you know being emotional against the French teams, and oh, come on, you're not going to out emotion them. And <laughs> if you're thinking about your emotion. If you're thinking there, God, is my emotion right? I've never thought, is my emotion right? I've never thought that. And if I did think that, that's just another thing I've got to worry about. I've got to catch that ball. I've got to win that line. I've got to, hang on, am I emotionally all right to scrimmage? What? <laughs> just scrimmage, right? So this was the build-up to the game. Uh, and I'm thinking, oh my word, what is going to happen? Then the game kicked off. And now I'm thinking, Alexanderson's a genius again. Because <laughs> I tell you what, he had a job, didn't he? He had a job. And that was... He needed to project as much force and power from his undoubtedly massive team onto Racing as he possibly could. And I think the tactics that he, he selected and the execution of those tactics were almost perfect. They were almost perfect. Um, the way that they handled their kick chase was bloody brilliant. And unlike Leicester, they managed to draw the defenders onto, um, onto the kick chase. They, they, shortened that, they shortened the kick... And people just getting levelled. Like, mm. Tom Curry levelled someone two or three times. And once you get levelled once, the next catch is not quite so certain. I mean, even uh, Keenan and whoever, and Lowe, if you, if you level them a few mm. times, they think, oh, I'm not sure I want to get this. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. So they're levelling these, these wrestling players over and over again. Uh, I thought that the, you know, the driving was good, the carrying was good. And you've got to be careful with sale. Like, if you get on top of them physically, they fold. And I thought, oh, if that happens here, we're, you know, we could be in for a bit, uh, a bit of a beating. But I thought the strategy and the tactics was about as good as you could plan, uh, bearing in mind what they needed to do. And the difference ultimately was a little bit of class from a few very, very high-class individuals. Te- Teddy Thomas tried was ridiculous. Well, just, oh, just look at the, wow. f- the four tries. Because yeah. all four tries. Sorry, Thomas, Finn Russell, Imhoff, and Max Spring, who I knew nothing about, but Same. now love. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the second coming of Bryce Toulan, this little um, steppy, rapid fullback. <laughs> but th- those four tries were all world class tries and the the Teddy Tomart was just unbelievable it was uh, and you know there would be a lot of people saying that he was he was in touch now i think the decision was right i i would go with it the, the on field deci- if the on field decision was i think there's a foot in touch then you, you yeah. stick with it yeah. I, yeah I completely agree with that i yeah. com- i thought that the way what was jarring about frank murphy today was he doesn't referee like other refs so you know, we're very used to. Um, actually, I say that, that when he checked for Faf the clerk's knock knockdown, that was ridiculous. So he did a few weird things. But actually, if people ref like that all the time, I'd be completely okay with it. Completely okay. Is it, with it. Andrew Brace? Andrew Brace. Was it not Murphy? Uh, he might have been one of the assistants, perhaps. But I'm pretty yeah, sure it was Andrew Brace. Andrew Brace was the ref. with yeah. Um, I can't remember her name. Um, female Joy, referee Joy, Joy, Joy Neville. Joy Neville in yeah. as TMO. TMO. Yeah. So I just thought like. Yeah, I can see why people get upset about certain decisions. So, like the Tom Curry when he got absolutely levelled, I thought, yeah, he's fallen into it. And then it's the player's job to finish the tackle. So, finish the tackle. I, I thought I, I was very pleased that that played out how it did play out. Actually, yeah, I, I, I thought that was going to be five minutes of uh, TMO and then um, a red card. But obviously, because it was French players uh, perpetrating, yeah, yeah. no it, replays. Like, if you actually saw, so in. 
in real time think, oh, red cord here, or at least going down it's, to yellow. Yeah, or at least several minutes of the TMO. And then you watch in slow motion, you go, you actually, you go through the process, probably got it right, probably yep. got it right. So, you know, fair enough. The one he did get absolutely wrong was the very first one in the first 30, 30 seconds. Which one was that? Uh, it was a hit on Lude, I think. No, Dupree. Dupree got smacked, smacked in the head. And that was that. That that was wrong. But you know, for sale, it's heartbreaking. I think they did everything right. Um, you know, they even managed to contain. I mean, this is not to be unkind on these two players, but you would expect, wouldn't you? Uh, the the two of the three of Teddy Thomas, Vakatawa, and Gail Fiku to be able to unstitch. Um, Hammersley and Rob Dupree with <laughs> relatively you know, <laughs> relatively little problem did not happen did did not happen at all uh, the Finn Russell try you would say that is pure luck but then when you've been lucky as many times as Finn I, Russell is it luck? So I think he knows I'm, I'm not saying it was intentional but he knows when he connects with that ball the big boot uh, the big volley when he connects with it he knows he's put backspin on it so he then predicts where it is likely to bounce and predicts it yeah. perfectly. I mean, I don't know if he knows or not. I don't know if he... I don't know if he just throws that there and just, you know, if he could just freeze and say, Finn, what are you going to do now? He could tell you. But I think he knows. He just can't... I, I just think there's something different about that man. It, you know, he, they've said he's lucky when he nutmegs people. He's lucky when he th- uh, throws world-class class You can't passes. be that consistently lucky. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's not lucky, is it? It's just amazing. It's just amazing. just amazing. Just amazing. Um, I thought um, one of the passes for the Max Spring gave... Was it Max Spring that gave the pass? Was forward? Could have been checked for, for the Imhoff try. Yep, that could have been forward. Yeah. I, I think if he'd have been tackled then and stopped immediately... Yeah. It would definitely be... Because I think the ball did travel forward, but because his momentum kept him always in front of the ball... Yeah, and the ball, ball travelling forward isn't what refs are looking for, it's direction it's, of the hands. Yeah. yeah. The Teddy Tom on one. Um, yeah. So there was a load of things, but like, if that's how it's going to be refed, so that's how it's going to be refed, and you know, yeah. no more can be said about it. And if, if you've got that much talent in the outside back, where you've got Vakatawa <sighs> on the bench... No team can contain that one all game. quite sad thought I had about this game which is I've been watching this team build now for quite a while this is the last significant game I believe that that team will have together because it's it. because so many are leaving yeah so Faf will Lude go. and Faf and Lude. Rowan yep AJ AJ AJ, AJ. yeah you know uh, they're ripping they're, I think it's going to be some not lean years but I, I, yeah. I, I disagree well, lean years by sales standard I disagree what has have made the top four once in the past yeah, uh, since two thousand six, yeah. when they won it, yes, they were. Uh, oh, De Klerk is on his way, but they've got Quirk McGinty's on his way. They got Ford, um, Hill for Lude. You've got you've got O'Flanty coming into the back three, which will add a little extra bit of spice there. Yeah, but they've still got loads of massive men in the pack. Yeah, they're, still they're got two Curries. Yeah. They're going to be fine, and yeah. they might even be. Well, I mean, for, for all the good things that Aka van der Merwe does around the park, it's just he's nuts and bolts. Is he going? Oh, good enough. I don't know, is he going? No, uh, sorry, oh, sorry, oh. sorry. I thought you were insinuating that he was going there. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mind you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing which um, Sale did really well was the scrummaging. So, you know, they managed to, outs- they managed to scrummage Rassing. Oh, their defence at some points was absolutely awesome. So, you know, at one point they defend Rassing from the 22 back, in, back to their own 10, then give away a penalty, but then that penalty they turn into a scrum penalty in their in in their favour. Then they 
gets another scrum penalty and then it goes for a line out. The line out doesn't go forward, but then the defensive pressure on the Racing line out, sorry, it doesn't go forward, it doesn't go straight, um, means that they turn over the ball again. And you know, there were some things that they did which were just really, really good. They should be very, very happy with that. And I think yeah, coaches yeah. should be happy. Coaches should be happy with the strategy that they employed. They can take a lot out of that game. They can. Uh, but again, uh, um, as we said last week, it, well, you're not going to win a quarterfinal if you ship 40 points and the, 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 yeah, so we're never yeah, going to, be able to score enough yeah. points to, to... You're absolutely right, but I, I challenge anyone to come up with a defensive scheme to No, stop. no. The names we mentioned, I'm not saying they did anything wrong, but uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the salary cap is going to be an ongoing concern for premiership clubs because I think, and Phil's talked about this much earlier in the season I think this is going to be the last year that any of them could be competitive and this is as competitive no. as they were able to get Saracens will be com- will be competitive next year Saracens next year and they're going to use their new salary cap um, tool which I invented for them go on well they're going to get a handful of guys five guys and they're going to say you guys will never play premiership so we're going to give you 250k a year just like Lunster do um, with their top five guys only to play in Europe Mm. So a Toji don't see him in the Premier. I wonder how quickly they would change their salary cap rules if they said you're not going to see a Toji, Jamie George, the Vinopolas, and Owen Farrell. Owen Farrell, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> they'll, they'll never play. They'll never go play Premiership, but they'll be playing in Europe. So you know. yeah, they'll be wearing a Saracen shirt. Yeah. T- oh, and by the way, we're going to bring in Sia uh, Khaleesi on a three month deal. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and- ex- exactly. How do you like that, boys? Yeah. I don't think they'd be overly impressed at Premiership HQ, but they mm. probably wouldn't know what to do because they're completely incompetent. And the, uh, I mean, did, did anyone watch La Rochelle versus Montpellier? Given the timing, no, I same no. kickoff as Leicester Leinster. I've seen the highlights of it. Um, lovely. So it's three tries all, but Ohio West scored four penalties, creating the difference between the two teams. And I think La Rochelle were never out of control. No, La, La Rochelle were always always yeah. ahead. We, we have got the four best teams in the in the semi final. Yeah, well, La Rochelle played some yeah. lovely rugby. Yeah. The, the tries, the, the three tries they scored. Danny Preso doing a very good Jamal Ford Robinson impression, galloping in from twenty yards. Um, his uh, dive, dive was, was fifty yards, was it not? I thought it was eighty yards actually. Yeah, Jamal's. I thought so. Yeah, uh, Preso was not quite as athletic, but yeah, um, very nice. His dive wasn't as good as Jamal's. Um, Victor Vito scored a try, brilliant try, and then uh, did through the legs pass for Lavani Bottier to to score in the to, to carry three guys over the line in the corner to score. They were very very. I wish I'd, I, it would have been a great game to watch more of. I'm just not. Yeah. Who's at home in the semi-finals? Because we've got we've got Leinster play Toulouse, and is it La Rochelle play at host Racing? Uh, so where I'm looking, which is currently, which is Wikipedia, shows Racing and Toulouse as the two home teams. But I'm just going to no, check. That's not right. European champions. Trying to find the proper website. Had um, had Leicester. Uh, no, yeah, had Leicester won, and Munster won. Munster would have gone to Leicester. Had Munster and Leinster won, it would have been in Dublin. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think Toulouse could have, because they were the lowest seeded team, I don't think they could have hosted a, a home game. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so according to this, uh, which is the official EPC rugby website, Leinster 
versus Toulouse World because it's, it's next Saturday isn't it yeah so next Saturday at 3 o'clock in the Aviva Stadium spare a thought for the BT Sport uh, production managers having to book everyone's flights and hotels oh yeah at short no- very short notice yeah. Yeah, very high end hotels <laughs> <laughs> well I, I, I'm keep hitting refresh because I'm, I'm trying I'm expecting a message on where I'm going and I, I don't want to say where do you want to go where, where do you want to go I quite like to go to Toulon yeah oh okay oh okay oh, interesting yeah um, the other Toulon Saracens on Sunday <laughs> Toulon yes yeah, so, 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 so repeat of previous finals yeah so go on what, um, what have you got fixtures wise so Leinster hosts Stad Toulouse Toulouse in the Aviva three o'clock next Saturday and Racing so now that is Leinster hosting because it's the Aviva in Dublin Racing play La Rochelle in Lon. so Stad uh, Boulard uh, delays mm. so it's a home country but it's I think that might be because of a concert it is because oh, um, I, I mentioned this yes. before about the Ed Sheeran thing it's, it's something similar you mentioned who it was but I couldn't tell you I know Nick Mullins had the second album but thought he let himself down on the third <laughs> <laughs> so where where is uh, Long um, start Hang on, I'm just going to find this. Stad Bollard. It's important. Okay. It is. We, we I'm, just, I'm, just thinking, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, geographically, is it closer to Racing or La Rochelle? Or is it equidistant? And Long is... Uh, wow. It's basically in Belgium. Which, Perfect. Everyone wants to go there. Which makes it, obviously, closer for Racing, but not entirely close. It's like... They've just done that to spite La Rochelle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go... Yeah. You're, you're going to have to go past Paris to get yeah. to the game. Massive, you have to, basically, you have to drive through Paris. There's almost no other way to get there <laughs> without taking a massive detour. You'd also go through Epinay, um, Champagne region. Mm. Not far f- from there. Lovely. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we can talk about the Challenge Cup, I think. There's some good games. Uh, I didn't see any. Oh, I, I saw, saw the end of Wasps, actually, in fairness. Oh, Wasp was maybe a good game. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was yeah. great. Bar- Barbary scored late on. Barbary scored late on. It was back and forth. Um, Edinburgh looked absolutely bereft at the end. They were gutted. They they were, you could they tell were... they were gutted. Bennett uh, <laughs> like inches away from uh, because they were they were four points down Edinburgh going into the you know, final 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 few minutes. So there's no room for kicks, no room for anything. Uh, Bennett did look absolutely devastated not to finish off his try. Um, mm. yeah, happens. We'll, we'll, we'll get over it. Did either of you see anything of the Gloucester Saracens game? No. Yeah, bits and bobs. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I watched about uh, the, it, the opening half an hour. It was disappointingly, what like put to bed. Yeah, it, by Saracens. They like, like from a, from a yeah. not disappointing for Saracens, but great well, great for them. But Saracens play Gloucester next game up in the Premiership too. Mm. Yeah, but now Gloucester have a rest week and Saracens have a trip to I don't think the this, Med to Torn. I, I don't think that this bothers Saracens. I think it would be more damaging for them not to progress in a European uh, a European competition than it would be. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's just what they that, that's what they want. That's what they desire. They want to win everything. In fact, I'm starting to come to the conclusion they are going to win everything this season. Which they're, is a, what what a uh, they're pretty ominous, aren't they? Yeah, what a. Oh, I, I guess um, well, I can't quite think of the words now. Sort of like a revenge mission against the rest of the Premiership. What, <laughs> against what, everyone. What, you know, what, what an F for you to everyone. Yeah. 
I quite want to see it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind seeing it as well. Just one, one interesting. So I watched about the first half an hour, forty minutes of this game. One interesting thing and a positive thing. Uh, a positive yellow card, if ever there is one. Mm. If either of you saw the Jamie George yellow, nope. So Jordy Reed goes absolutely full pelt at Jamie George. Uh, so Jordy Reed carrying the ball. Jamie George um, shoulders to the head, full force because Jordy Reed is travelling at full speed. Um, it looks bad initially. The, the initial replay looks really bad, and then. The ref, and I can't remember who it was. Oh, this was Frank. This was Frank Murphy in this game. Ah, um, so he identifies that it is full pelt. It, it is um, contact to the head. However, Jamie George is actually backing away slightly. So although it is full speed, the full speed is not as a consequence of Jamie George's actions. It's as a consequence of Jordy Reed's actions, and therefore, ah. in his mind. It is sufficient to downgrade to give mitigation from full force red to yellow card, which so, I think was absolutely. And Jim, uh, Jim Hamilton, who was on comms, made the point that twelve months ago, eighteen months ago, that would have been cast, cast iron red. Yeah. I think, and Jim thought that the right decision was reached. It was a the right outcome, which is I think a very positive thing overall. Yeah. It's the right direction play, of travel. Let's play devil's advocate on that a second, right? Mm. So just so I understand the situation. So. Jamie George seen this uh, guy coming. He's like, oh, crikey. Uh, if I go forward here and smash him in the in the head, bad outcome for us, bad outcome for me, bad outcome for Saracens, right? I'm not sure that's... I'm not sure that was the, the thought process. Okay, so is he just... Uh, let's just say it is, for the purposes uh, of this. And, <laughs> okay. then, and then we can sort of... So he's stepping... Uh, is he... Okay, I guess I'm trying to ask, was he stepping back to purposely to avoid damage to Jordy B's head? No. Because if if he's stepping back to avoid damage to George Reed's head, why is he not just bending over, taking his legs? Yeah, I don't see. He, did, he didn't. He didn't have time to think. Yeah. What I'm saying, it, saying was a, like, it was just a passive yeah. tackle. Say if say if someone's say if you you get caught a little bit off guard, you got got to make the tackle right, and you either change your height or you think, oh crikey, I might I will back off. Yeah, and then something bad happens. It's, but he wasn't purposely backing off or changing anything he was just going backwards because of I, th- I think he was I think he was going backwards because it was an unpredictable situation uh, Jody Reed was uh, running full pelt not necessarily at him into a kind of a crowd of players and then straightens up to Jamie George so, so he's, uh, all, he's yeah. in a passive so it, I position think so, so Jamie George did recognise the situation and took some level of evasive action Realising the potential danger, he could, of course. So you've got to credit him for that one. And actually, the framework is there. The force is one element that can be a, both. A, it has to be there for a red card. It has to be with force. Yeah. And actually, there was there was no force. So well, there, it, it's in, this well, is the interesting no thing because there was force, but the force was as a consequence of Jordy Reed's actions, not as of Jamie George's actions. I, if Jamie George accelerates into that, yeah. it is horrific because it's two players going at full so, speed. So framework says high tackle was a force, yes, but not from Jamie George. Yeah, so it's like two two cars crashing, but one of them is going reversing at ten miles an hour. The other one, but on the wrong side of the road, it at yeah, at seventy. Exactly, the, it's the closing speed. Yeah, yeah. So no, it, was, it was interesting. And yeah, good. Positive, well positive done, direction. Murphy. Yes, very well handled. Mm. Good uh, for Frank Murphy to get yeah. some and, praise and, in this podcast. Uh, yes. <laughs> 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 the things he actually did. <laughs> and the other game was uh, London Irish. Um, oh, Aaron Who is this boy? Close. Aaron, do, he's, do, he keeps coming off the bench. 
and he keeps doing incredible things. He's been doing it for a few months now. He's not yeah. been playing for very long. Why aren't long. they starting him yet? Come on. He is. Just imagine. He's incredible. And this try was something else. But they've got loads of incredible lads, haven't they? So they, their back three, their back three is absolutely stacked. I think he might be the best of all of yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to go with you on that. He's out. He's 19. He's got uh, quads for days, and he is lightning. And the way that this try, it was amazing. Try, this try is amazing. Try. It's absolutely amazing the way he twice just stops and accelerates on two different players when he's taking the outside of them to create him to buy himself enough time after he's already ran 80 yards at full pelt yeah. it was magical let's, that try let's hope that Bath aren't watching because uh... <laughs> let's hope let's hope for everyone that Bath aren't watching <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's one way to ruin him the, yeah, the, only, the only thing positive will, will be his bank balance short term bank balance short term bank balance everything else because will be he's an not, disaster he, He's got to. Be, he's got to get. Uh, uh, this, uh, this is totally reactionary and ludicrous. But he has to get called up to England. Get the kids soon. in. Got yeah. to, got to get the, why is he not playing? I always so say get the kids in. It's so good. Uh, no, oh. no. He he's got something very very special. <laughs> he really does. And uh, I mean, I don't know. Well, hold on. Cocker's Law. Who do you drop? All of them. Anyone. JB's the whole team. I'm <laughs> no, just going to put, put Bevan him. Rod. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone. Uh, <laughs> who uh, no genuinely you've got to drop someone to get him in the England squad. Uh, well, who, who jo- jo- Johnny May's been in a lot of the recent England squads, and I've not yeah. seen him play for two years. So one of the funniest things about the Arundel try right was um, a well-known member of rugby Twitterati uh, saw this and was like, "Oh my god, that's incredible!" As we all, as most normal people would, would I said. I really like watching London Irish play now. And then after a few minutes, most have thought, oh, Christ, that means I... I what does that mean? Yeah. What, what have I just approved? <laughs> Retweets himself saying, this does not mean I agree with the ethics of some of the players. <laughs> like, of course it doesn't, you idiot. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You probably still listen you're to allowed to. You're allowed to just objectively enjoy the way a team play rugby. I don't without like Without it being a, a, moric, a, a moral s- or ethical quandary. Yeah, I, stink, like ru- I like rugby. Tying himself... Tying himself themselves in knots I couldn't get I can't get enough of it uh, I'm so glad you point, you've pointed out his quads as well though because it's not just that the guy's ridiculously rapid you're right he's stacked as well oh my god I just watched it again this guy's it's just so good this guy's a freak get him in get the kids yeah, in yeah absolutely and, and I, I'm, made top four if they played I'm going to answer the question I would I'd drop um, if, you, if you had to drop Watson. someone to get him in I'd Go drop Watson Dad Red, red, yeah, or or Hassel Collins. Draw, draw, was, was Hassel Collins in? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Just draw it out of a hat. Yeah. Oh, ridiculous. Anyone, to be honest, imagine, just, get, just get him in, get the boy in, Henry Im- Arundel. Imagine being him. Can't can he? But well, I can imagine it after a my ninety-five uh, <laughs> meter try <laughs> after my performance <laughs> at North Dorset Vets tens. Talking of which, speaking of which, <laughs> what's the date for the North Dorset? It's twenty-fourth uh, of July. Oh, well done. I didn't know that. Is it 24th of July? Is it tw- no, it's not 24th of July. I think it's of the 7th of July. 7th of July, is it? I just just check what uh, Captain Lee said. I'm going to need to find a way to So apparently the Vets tournament's on the Friday. Yeah. What time what time will that start? I know. Don't know. Well, we we got down what time did we get down? We got about, down about 7 o'clock last time yeah. after setting off early on the Friday, like 10 a.m. on the Friday. Yeah, it was a long old drive, but we did uh, stop for some awesome steaks at. Je- uh, we, oh, that's a fair. And a couple of beers at James Abraham's see, house. Uh, okay, all right, fine. But uh, this is like the time. But again, I've said it before on the podcast. But the time, I've never seen the hacker these boys have in Chicago. Went to went all the way to Italy. We went to Rome. We nearly missed our flight from Marseille to get to Rome. Managed to get there, and then because we arrived on the Saturday morning, I, Italy are playing New Zealand. 
And I miss the hacker because these boys wanted to get some uh, a nice bit of uh, pasta. Absolutely right, and ground. some very dry white wine. Yeah. Very to be fair, we did almost miss uh, being pitch side for the hacker in Chicago because we were having pretty much beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. We had a lot of pretty much beers. Um, yeah. So if you want to join the sevens, we've got a sevens which is open age. If you're just a good sevens player, so is, is the vets sevens taken care of? We got, no, no. So we, we, we need vets players over, vets for over, the Friday. Yeah. That's on the Friday only, though. Yeah, on the Friday only. So on the, hopefully, the Friday evening. Otherwise, I'd, I'm assuming it's Friday evening. Yeah, Friday evening, where I will wipe the floor with all the other veterans teams as I did last time. I don't want to talk about it too much, but that's exactly what happened. Ten tries, and then Saturday we got games. the social and the elite. Sevens, yeah. Teams, which I, again, I, teams. You know, ever since I won the North Dorset Sevens, I've never stopped winning. I, I, <laughs> I just keep winning things. So if you want to be a winner, join the Egg Chasers uh, Sevens or Tens. Contact Egg Chasers. Oh, is there a Tens team as well? Tens team as well. So yeah, the, vet, the, the Vets is Tens. Oh, the Vets is Tens. Or well, certainly it was vets. last year. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. All right. Cool. Good. That's good. Yeah. All right. Contact Egg Chasers at gmail dot com. We're taking applications for uh, Vets, which is over thirty five. Yep. Yeah. 8th and 9th of July it is. Social. Is that what you thought it was, Phil? Yes, it is what I thought it was, because I'm in North Yorkshire. And then what is this? There's nothing on the Sunday, it's just Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, Saturday hangover. Night, hangover, and meekly make your way home. Yeah, fold up your tent, or yeah. burn it, or whatever you do. Throw, throw it in a river. Whatever there, you do. There, there's loads of, loads of nice streams and rivers around there, just <laughs> throw it all in there. Feeling Empty pa- beer comes yeah. a lot. Getting get that paranoia you get when, when the flashing images of the night before start mm. to come creeping back. Yeah, and we might be playing another tournament as well. So if you just want to be on the register of Egg Chasers uh, team members, just give us a, a text. We'll forward you on to Captain Lee, and you can join uh, the ranks of our uh, esteemed team. We need, we need to get one up this neck of the woods. Uh, did know. Yeah, when's that? When's that? Coastal Sevens. Landedno. Coastal Sevens. Great question. I've been asked to enter a team, and I intend to do that. Come on, Phil. Look it up. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not even sure they've publicised it that, that well. Is it yeah. Beach Sevens? No, no, I'm not playing on a beach. It'll, it'll, <laughs> not doing that. Uh, Google landed no sevens and some bars. Club one four seven. One four seven, great place. Been there many, many times. Uh, it doesn't really give me much. Seven bedroom seafront house landed no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get back to that one. But yeah, there is something going on around there. But we want to. I think we should do a second one as well. I don't want to do one overseas, but that's we should a lot do of our own. We should have our own sevens See. tournament. At, at, why can't we like Digby Talk H? Why can't we have the Egg Chasers se- Invitational? Uh, well, not even Invitational. Egg Chasers next year, maybe. Egg next Chasers year. Sevens. It's a, bit, it's a bit late in the day to organise it for this. Egg year. Chasers Sevens at Talk H. Uh, I mean, uh, you're looking at me like, can I do that? Or uh, Broughton Park? Can. Or <laughs> Broughton Park? We'll do it at Broughton Park. Rafi why, would you, Broughton why, Park. Why, why would you do it there? Because it's a fantastic setup. What? So you can hang out in the airport lounge? No thanks. Um, no, it'd have to be. It'd have to be talk H. Um, <laughs> hey, so we're watching the um, semi-finals next week. Me and Phil in Madrid. Mm. Which is going to be fun. We are sadly no other rugby in Madrid. Because no. I'd love to go Before, back to watch. I it. might be watching it in Toulon. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. I might be watching it in Leon. You can just drive over there afterwards. <laughs> yeah. You're over that neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, now, before we continue. Why don't why doesn't Phil look up what's happened in Welsh Rugby Union this last week? Do you know <coughs> anything about this story? Uh, I read a bit of the extracts from the report, which okay. was by was it Oakwell? Oakwell, yeah, yeah, Who, which included Matt Tate. Yes, I was going to say Matt Tate works there now. Yeah, um, I, I went through some of their uh, staff. They got little profiles on a load of their staff, mm. and he's. He, I mean, he's, he's done sports director at, um, at masters or degree. Yeah. 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 So he, he he's done that, as has um, Ed 
Ed Slater. Now, I've not read the full report at all. I've just read the bits, the extracts that were um, scandalous enough to get printed in um, newspapers and various websites, which includes um, recommendation from the report to that Wales, to improve their overall performance, might need to drop a team. Yeah, I mean, it's very sad. It is all very sad. I think this is just... This is what happens when things get beyond repair and you kind of keep covering it up and patching it up and I think that's where Welsh rugby's going now. You will know that I have been, in the past, a fervent Welsh rugby fan. You were, at a point in time, a very big Welsh rugby fan. I could not care less now. And I believe there are many, many people uh, like me. But there again, what did you expect? You know, look at what the the WRU have been up to over the last few years. It's, it's been ridiculous. So, you know, they're handing out contracts uh, to players from England to, to come over to Wales, which are slightly less than the player can afford, but slightly too uh, too much uh, compared to what the WRU c- c- can afford. Um, they're not developing players players properly. The, you know, the internal nature of Welsh rugby means that they don't really care about anyone else other than a small section of South Wales. Uh, you n- just need to see what RGC go through uh, to, un- to understand that there's just not really much connection between the north to, to the north and the south. Uh, and then you've got just the, you know, the preposterous nature of how the how the regions handle themselves, the, you know, the strength of the teams that they teams that they put out, the URC, and then you just look at you know, if the answer is going to be somewhere like the Dragons and people like David Buttress setting up thirty two different functions for the Dragons, including you know uh, veterans photography classes and dog walking, I uh, know circus courses. You know uh, what did they expect? You know, win some games. So your only job is to win some games, and he's currently supporting the current thing. Um, I, the whole thing is a complete and utter mess. I actually think they should bin this Oakwell, Oakwell report. In fact, I think they should bin the whole of the rugby system in Wales. Just look at how um, the Premiership's been treated this year, where teams don't even have to fulfil fixtures, and there's uh, Welsh Premiership. Yeah, Welsh yeah. Welsh, Welsh Premiership. Teams don't have to don't have to fulfil fixtures. I've got some friends over in Llandudno. They might not be able to compete. Uh, to their full potential this year because there's no threat of any sanctions against other teams that don't fulfil their fixtures. It's the whole thing's a mess. So bin the old, bin the Oakwell report to start with, and let's just hope the whole thing comes crashing down. Just burn it, um, shred the record, salt the earth, uh, and start again. Because I'm not sure if Welsh rugby will ever be as good as what it has been, but it certainly won't be as bad as it is now. So I think I would just go just, just scrap it all. I mean the whole. I mean just just one one more thing. WRU, your, your only job is to like host entertainment, right? And yet they've been up to so much nonsense. Like you know, you can't go around saying our fans are so such drunken, disorder, uh, you know, disorderly idiots. We're going to water down the beer and close the bars. I mean, what kind of message is that? And we see this throughout all of rugby. Uh, at the moment, in this one of my chief bugbears, you go into a rugby club now, and there's a little poster on the wall. It either says how you should behave, or worse still, it's how you play short numbers rugby in case not enough lads show up. Because the expectations on the players and the fans and the rugby community is so low, and they treat us with such disdain with these stupid posters and stupid barrels at the main stadium and everything else. It's no wonder that people are sort of you know, wandering away. Um, there was one other thing I, I want to say about the 
WRU. But if it if it does come back to me, oh. well, just one thing. So the proposal of potentially dropping from four to three in order to um, reduce the amount of money they need to spend to and also keep the quality high seems it does seem a bit short sighted. Yeah. Compared to the alternative that we have proposed many times before, and JB, I think you you were the first person to propose this, propose this loudly, which is let a lot of your best players go. Yes. Like, let them go. There'll be young lads, exactly as the point that you made before with Munster. Young lads will come through, and you will ha- you'll have the quality, and you'll have players taking other people's positions in France and yeah. in uh, England. And you'll get a much broader experience. Now, that, it's not all positive, that strategy, as I've pointed out many times, because those players who are playing, like Dan Bigger um, and all the players who played um, in France over the years, wouldn't be available for the full pre-match camp and they'd be forced to go back in Six Nations rest weekends and play in the meat ground of the top 14 or the Premiership. But it's a trade-off worth making Agreed. in order to get... Completely agree. Uh, you have... More players coming through, and you pay on average less for the players that you are paying for. Yeah, it it just seems to make it seems to make so much sense for a scenario for Wales who are not Ireland and they're not New Zealand. They don't have as much money. They don't have the quality of players coming through, but they've and the depth of players coming through. But they still have a lot of talent coming yeah. through because it is a rugby nation. It's it's interesting when you look at so Scotland. They've got Glasgow and Edinburgh by far and away the two biggest conurbations in that country and mm-hmm. and they can have a, enough of a pull in and of themselves there there'll be other parts of you know the borders was an old area of Scotland which has kind of been been left to one side and somewhere they can develop Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ireland have got, obviously, lots of different clubs and history spanning going back 150 years and stuff, but the provinces kind of break themselves up. They're a focal point for, mm-hmm. for those areas. Wales is an odd one because w- with the regional, w- with the regions, they actually lost... There was no momentum that carried through from the 150 years of history, and, 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 so and for a lot of for a lot of Welsh fans, it just they they were instantly apathetic. You know, there are so many parallels, aren't there, between Welsh Rugby Union and North West Rugby League? Loads and loads of talent in a very concentrated area, which doesn't really lend itself to being spread out across the country. So you know, try taking rugby league to London. Well, that's imagine imagine having one rugby league or two rugby league teams one towards Liverpool one towards Manchester and you suddenly went 
Oh yeah, um, St Helens and Wigan. You, 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 you're, you, you're kind of part of the same club now. No, absolutely no. not. Uh, but you know, th- these are these are the decisions. I, mean, I don't envy their decisions. They had a really tough yeah. job, but they just had really poor poor quality pe- pe- uh, people deciding what to do. And you know, they've, they've got a few a few a few other issues as well. So you know, in the long term. They've got the most garbage press. So, like the, the like the Welsh rugby press. If you read anything from the cheerleaders on the Welsh on, Wales Online, I, you know, I have criticisms of other journalists as well. Just don't ask any tough questions. You know, they're just like cheerleaders. They, they are they are a pathetic bunch. So, you know, as the organ which is meant to keep the WRU accountable, they're, they're dreadful. They're absolutely dreadful. Well, it sounds like a bit of a snake pit on the inside. A snake pit on the inside, the, you know, like the whole things. And on the, sh- the short-term consequences, and this is a tiny bit controversial, even by comparison to what I've said previously, um, I have no problem with the WRU being very, very close to... The Labour Party. This has always been the thing. There's no problem with it at all. Rugby League has probably got the same sort of connections. Um, in fact, I think Andy Burnham was president of the Rugby League. Yeah, he yeah. was um, yeah. shortly before... Um, Tony Adams? Tony Adams yeah. and... Claire Balding? Su- 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 oh. Yeah, Claire Balding, yeah. not Subarca. Now, I have Claire no Balding. problem with that. I, I think that is just the reality of life. Organisations may associate with whoever they want. What I do have a problem with, though, is the way that when COVID was... Ripping Wales to pieces, and I say Wales, Welsh rugby in particular. The WRU weren't there to stand up for Welsh rugby. They were there to run basically political interference and cover for the rules instituted for, for, from Cardiff. Instead of playing hell about the fact that, that the players in North Wales and South Wales couldn't play the same laws and rules that were happening in England, they just went along with it, just nodded their heads. There was no sort of fight back. And I think you know, when you make those decisions that you know, you'd rather run cover for somebody rather than fight for the actual people that pay your wages and you know, the clubs that are part, part, of, part of your union, then you kind of deserve whatever you get. I have the same criticism of the RFU, by oh, I was going to say, I, yeah. I think rugby as, as a whole... Um, it wasn't good enough to say, yeah, we it, phoned the Department was, of Culture every week like, and they taught us the rules. Yeah, I mean, but Lobby. Like, someone came out, I can't remember who it was, came out towards the start and said rugby's going to be the first sport back playing. And we were actually the last. Yeah. And, it, it's, it, and I think part of it was because they were that they were just hoping for handouts and, and being... Do you know, that's a great point. I never thought of waiting that. Waiting for the cash. I never thought of that. Because if you were really, you know, cantankerous, said, no, boys, just go, you know, look, look after yourselves, look after your teammates... Go and play rugby. You probably would be at risk of not having a lot of government cash. So I've never thought of that angle, actually. Um, but that is the job of the union, both the Welsh and the English one at the time, was not to say yes. Oh, thank you, thank you for giving us these laws. It was to lobby and make the case for why the lads should be out there and girls. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of reasons that I really dislike the, w- the w- WRU, um, and I think I've outlined them all yeah. very, very comprehensively. And I'm sure we'll revisit that again. Right, I'm, uh, that's good. I think we've wrapped it up. Uh, the fixtures for the next weekend, we've kind of talked about them, but what uh, have you actually? We've got times and everything for the games. Yeah, uh, we did have, yeah. So the. Um, is there any on Friday? They're both. The, there's two Saturday, two Sunday, is that right? Or three on Saturday? Uh, I've not got the Challenge Cup. Three Saturday. I think it's three Saturday, one Sunday. Um, both the. Champions Cup semi finals are three. I think it's like 3 pm and 5.30 pm on. Saturday, I think. Yeah, three the the def, the um, Heineken Cup ones. Are- and I think the cha- uh, the Challenge Cup. I think it's um, in fact uh, it's Leon versus. Uh, so yeah, I've got I've got it here. In Leon front of me. versus Wasps one thirty p.m. on Saturday. 
it is, is it? yes, one thirty. And then, oh no, they might all be on the same day. And then the Toulon uh, Saracens is the last game at like nine pm. According to this, it's nine o'clock on the the Saturday night. Now that might be French that, time. French, French time. Yeah. So the one o'clock might be a twelve thirty kickoff then uh, on the Saturday. Yeah, uh, Leon Leon Wasps. Let's let's just say twelve thirty on Saturday. Twelve thirty UK time. Two thirty, the first game or oh, three pm. Sorry, is the three pm is uh, Leinster versus Toulouse. Yeah, on the Saturday and then the Sunday it's four o'clock is the Sunday game, which is Racing against La Rochelle. Okay, so there's a gap. After, uh, La Rochelle, yeah, La Rochelle. there's a gap after Leinster to there's, the to the late kickoff. There's a big gap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jimmy, I'm not sure we'll be, be nice watching that, for... that late kickoff yes, no. in Madrid at nine o'clock. We'll make it, but that'll be. We, uh, I don't know if you've that, heard, that, but that'll be a lovely couple yeah. of hours for me yeah. to stroll around Toulon Harbour if, if I'm uh, there. Beautiful. I, I don't know if you heard, Phil, but the Continentals got very late. Very late. Very late. I mean, you know, they'll probably be asleep, but, but they're just, just, just waking up. 4 a.m.? 4 a.m. is <laughs> when they start, they start getting ready at 4 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, would you like to know why I've got very expensive white trousers? Actually. What, what, tell us on the Patreon pod. Yeah, okay, right, we'll do, we'll do that. Yeah. Well, cause, yeah. I do because someone messaged me about white trousers. But oh no, no, go on. We, we said no, 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 we'll on. do it on the is Patreon it quick, pod. Is it quick? Is it quick? It'd be worth. No, it's not quick. It'd be worth it's your. It's relatively oh. funny. It'd be worth your three pounds. All right. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash egg chases. Subscribe. Hit. Fi- uh, give us a five star review. Email contact egg chases at gmail.com Let the boys play. Okay.